This podcast is brought to you by the People's Association. In this episode, we will explore leadership. I'm your host, Ryan Lin. Our guest today is a veteran with over 34 years in the financial services industry. While he retired from United Overseas Bank as the Managing Director and Head of Global Financial Institution Group in 2014, he's not done. Possessing over 20 years of experience as a board member at both local and international companies across a diverse range of industries, he currently serves as an independent director at United Hampshire USA REIT, Sunseed Group, and City Singapore Limited, just to name a few. Back in 2012, he was awarded the Public Service Star by the Government of Singapore for his contributions at the Ministry of Defence. Let's welcome Bill Chua to the Industry Guru podcast series. Hi, Bill. It's great to have you with us today. Maybe if I can just start off today's chat with you right, and to ask you a little bit about your leadership and professional journey. How has it been so far? I think I was very fortunate or blessed with many opportunities. If I kind of count the years, I've done something like almost 35 years of banking or in the financial industry. Besides that, I also now about 20 years of being on very diverse boards, right? Not just financial institutions, but companies in what they call the built environment, town planning or industrial estate planning, companies in technology, companies in consulting, companies in research. With that and with my background in engineering in economics, it helps to be able to, you know, do things in a, I guess, in a very processed manner. And that helps to get things done. And I would also attribute, you know, my time spent in national service. I was a Colombo Plan uh, scholarship holder. So when I came back from Australia, I did three years instead of the normal two and a half years of national service. And then I carried on for another, I guess, 20 years after that. And I was fortunate because I did different courses in the military. And some of them are technical in nature. Some of them are soft skills in nature. And some of them are leadership in nature, right? I always say the armed forces is probably one of the few institutions that talks about leadership. In business, in the outside world, everybody assumes that you can lead if you're a mate CEO, but that's not the case. I think that's where the interesting transition comes, right? I mean, all of us start off as individual contributors, but at some point of time, we sort of transit from an individual contributor to become in a leadership role, sometimes not even giving it the title, right? We're just becoming a leader by peers, endorsements, or sometimes just thrust into that environment. But at what point do you actually you know, notice that that transition has happened or begun? Actually, there's no crossing the bridge type of thing. Either you're an individual contributor or you're a member of the team. I think all of us needs to work as a team. Nobody is an expert in everything. Nobody can do everything. I mean, you just look at a simple task like in the army, right? When you try to build a bridge. Can you leave, you know, the steel bar by yourself? You can't. You need a team and you need to have it coordinated, right? You need to figure out how you get people behind a particular vision, behind a particular goal, and then work towards, you know, the completion of that goal. What is leadership? Leadership is actually an action of leading a group of people or an organization. There are some practical skills encompassing the ability of an individual a group or organization to lead, influence, or guide other individual teams or even the entire organization to achieve an objective. 
And we can then talk about objective, whether it's strategic, whether it's tactical, whether it's huge, small. I mean, at the end, they, those are all very relative, but there must be a goal. Does your team member understand what is that goal? It's not just a title, right? Actually, it's not a title. I think at the end, they... You know, there's this big debate about are leaders made or are leaders natural? And I think they are natural leaders, but you can kind of enhance your leadership capability or ability by learning. I think one of the things about leaders is you should never say, I know everything. In my mind, a very important attribute of a leader is actually to listen. And listening, not so much to give a response, not so much to counteract or say somebody is wrong or right or whatever, but to get a sense, a pulse of the people with you. What are they thinking of? Where are the concerns? And maybe even sometimes there are better ideas than you have to get the job done. In, in other words, you have to be great at rallying people and being a good well communicator too, isn't it? Otherwise, leadership is going to fail quite quickly. Actually, that's true. I, I think leadership is about you know, are you able to articulate a vision? Are you able to then articulate a strategy to get it done? And strategy is not by yourself. Strategy is at the end of the day, listening to inputs and then coming up with a plan. So as you know, the saying goes, if you don't plan, then you plan to fail. From the sum of what you just shared, I'm assuming that it also it's the same in both the corporate environment as well as the military background environment. Isn't the problem solving one of those key characteristics is, wouldn't you say, I mean, great problem solvers or you are the guy who just delegate to somebody else? <laughs> I think it's, it's a bit of both. Problem solving is certainly important and comes from your ability to join the dots and certainly experience help. But if you don't have the necessary experience, then you need to count on other people, right? It doesn't matter whether you're in the military or you're in the commercial world or you are in the public sector or the social world. At the end of the day, it's... What are you solving? Uh, what is the issue at hand? And how do you get the solutions that you need? So one of the thing about being a leader is the ability to make decisions. Making decisions in an environment where you may have incomplete information, you may have inaccurate information. You need to understand how to risk manage. And one of the things I always say is, you know, when you are encountered with a problem, look at it from two uh, dimensions. Is it a possible action or is it a possible event? Is it a probable event? And if it's both possible and probable that can impact you, you need to have an action against it. But isn't it easy to make decisions? I mean, don't we, most of us have the ability to make decisions, right? So what makes us different in terms of a leader versus, say, for example, a individual contributor then? I hate to say this. I think most of us do not make decisions. Most of us delay Decision-making is not the easiest because at the end of the day, you need to stand up to be counted, right? You need to be responsible for that decision. And if you are the kind of person that says, you know, i rather be a follower rather than be a leader, you do not make decisions. And in today's environment where people tend to look at risk and shy away from risk because you're comfortable, things don't get done or things get done very slowly. For these decisions to be made, do they have to be very quickly done? Or I'm assuming there's a speed element to this, or should it be deliberated? I mean, sometimes having deliberation seems to make us make better decisions. You need to define how much time you have. Because I, I spent a short while in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, right? And it doesn't matter whether you're foreign affairs or you're a fireman. What's the value 
of a fireman without a fire. Nothing, right? But you better hope that, you know, if there's a fire, the fireman knows what to do. So that becomes a drill. You don't have time to think, right? It's a drill. But if you have a problem and you say, yes, I have time to think about it, you can deliberate by it. But if the problem at hand is one that needs to be solved immediately, then you've got to make some decision. It may not be the best decision, but you've got to take action. So actually, a very good example is, uh, you know, what, what has happened in the recent year, right? The uh, COVID-19. Do we sit around and do nothing? You can't. If we make all the right decisions, I think there are some decisions that could be better made or better managed. But you're working against incomplete information. You're working against unknown unknowns and the risk against time. So at that point in time, if you're a leader, you've got to make that decision, right? And it's always easy to criticize somebody with 6-6 six, six hindsight. We've got to give credit to people who make decisions. It may not be the best decision. It's a trial by fire. If you want to do something, never bet the wrench. But it's okay to bet a corner of the wrench, right? Because if you bet the corner of the wrench and become very successful, you may have two, three, four wrenches. But if you don't make it, you still have, you know, 95% of your wrench. Is that part of leadership? I think it is. You need to, at the end of the day, look at what are the benefits, what can you get by making that decision, right? And sometimes it's about life, sometimes it's about, you know, money. But sometimes it's also intangible things like, am I making my team happy? Am I making people happy? Am I paying forward? So as I say, you know, there's no right or wrong. It depends on the situation at hand. And in your long and outstanding career, I mean, I'm sure you've encountered many different types of leaders. Could you maybe share with us some of the different key types that you encounter very often? I always say that, you know, there's probably a few types of leadership. One is what I call a democratic leader. It means you try to get consensus from everybody, right? Then the other one is autocratic. You make the decision and everybody follows. Then there's one which is basically less affair which anybody can do anything. And then there's one in my mind called paternalistic, which at the end of the day is, you know, you're very caring and so forth. And that leads to something called servant leadership. So that tends to occur in areas of uh, religious organization, social organization. But let's focus on democratic, autocratic, less affair. Depending on your style, and this is where all of us have certain behaviors, certain uh, traits. And you must be sensitive to your style and the people you work with. In the military, unfortunately, it tends to be more autocratic. But at the very senior level, it cannot be autocratic because you need the wisdom, the advice of your staff officers, right? And this is where I, I would like to share this. Now. At the end of the day, you have a commander. The commander will make the decision, right? Based on what he thinks, based on the advice that the staff officers give him. And sometimes you will, you will go against the advice of a staff officer. But once a decision is made, everybody should rally behind that decision and do the best to support it. Even though you may have uh, you know, personal views or otherwise, right? And I think that's very important. So we should never work to undermine the authority of the leader. Especially once the decision is made, right? So there is a phase for that discussion and challenging. But once it's over, everyone fall in line to whatever has been decided. I agree. That should be the way. The one that I think which is very hard is if you're a laissez-faire leader, because at the end of the day, you, you could have team going in 10 directions. How do you pull them back? 
So, I mean, it kind of reminds me of a shepherd with a dog, right? What does this dog do? The dog hurts, you know, the sheep and all that to go in a particular direction. Because if the sheep go, scatters in 10 directions, you don't have a herd anymore. That's where I, I'll come from now. I think be aware of what characteristic you have. Make sure that it's appropriate for the environment. But the one thing that I kind of really alluded to is the fact that, you know, a leader must have a vision, a goal. A leader must be able to listen well. A leader must be able to communicate. And a leader must be able to make decisions. And based on, on those few things, huh, then as you execute, uh, you know, you vary based on the circumstances at hand. You cannot say, I only go one direction. But if it's like going on a road, right? If there's something blocking it, do you then stay behind the traffic jam and wait for five hours? No, right? You will try to, to go somewhere else. But going somewhere else, sometimes you look at the map and say, going somewhere else means I go on uncharted, you know, country roads and all that. Are you prepared to take that risk? Do you have any tips for budding leaders who are hoping to advance up the career ladder? In order to be a leader or to be a good manager, right? and there's a differentiation between a manager and a leader, let's not go down that route. I think people or leaders need, number one, to be accountable. Number two, lead by example. No point just talking and you lead a life that's different, right? Three, be able to communicate, be able to handle ambiguity, all right? Four, be flexible. A lot of times, you know, um, it's like, why don't we want change? Because change is most difficult, right? So we, we tend to stay to what we are comfortable with. So be flexible. Now I talk about being authentic. I talk about the fact that we need to be kind to people. And we need to be humble. I mean, those are some of the attributes. But I, I think in order to succeed, you must really want that job. Or you must really believe in what you're doing. If you don't, then you're fake. I mean, think about it very carefully, right? If, you, if you're authentic and you believe in it, and people know you're authentic, people trust you, they're more than willing to give you a second chance. I guess the last point I have is have fun doing it. You must really enjoy what you do. If you don't enjoy what you do, you will never succeed because then you look at it as a chore. Well, thank you so much, Bill, for your rich and wonderful sharing. I'm sure our friends from the PMET Network community listening will definitely benefit greatly, greatly from your words of wisdom. Thank you so much. Most of all, thank you listeners for tuning in to the People's Association Industry Guru podcast series. For more information, email us at pa underscore life skills underscore lifestyle at pa.gov.sg. That is... PA underscore life skills underscore lifestyle at pa.gov.sg. Do remember to subscribe to our channel and be updated on our latest episode. I'm your host, Ryan Lip, and I look forward to having you in our next episode.